Hello, I'm John Beasley, welcoming you to a special feature from Harmony UK podcast about a quartet which became more recognised and better known than any yet seen on this side of the Atlantic. Alan Hughes, tenor, Zach Bulls, lead, Joe Knight, baritone and Duncan Blackaby, bass, first came to the attention of UK barbershoppers in the quartet semi-finals of the 2008 convention of the British Association of Barbershop Singers in Cheltenham. Contestant number 16, from Cornwall and South Devon, Bolton, East Midlands, Calder Valley and the National Barbershop Youth Chorus, Monkey Magic! The ballad, What'll I Do?, performed to an audience of around 2,000 people. But within 18 months, the quartet was playing to millions in a host of top TV appearances. They'd signed a major record deal. They'd made a Christmas album. And, oh yes, they'd changed their name. I promise you something seasonal. I promise you something seasonal. So, to sing us out with their version of the Rat Pack classic, Let It Snow, here are Zach, Joe, Alan and Duncan, collectively known as the Great British Barbershop Boys. A clip of the Great British Barbershop Boys on Matthew Wright's Channel 5 show, The Right Stuff. Well, Zach Bulls was singing lead on that recording. He's currently the musical director with Grand Central Chorus based in the East Midlands. Earlier this year, he spoke to me about the extraordinary success of the Great British Barbershop Boys. But we began with his own early introduction to barbershop harmony singing. Let it snow. 
you've been the MD at, uh, at, at Grand Central for the past three and a half years, but you actually started in barbershop pretty young, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I found Grand Central, or they found me at the age of 16. So that was the first chorus I joined. Uh, Rob Barber had only just taken over the chorus on the first thing that I saw, and I think I was unique to them because I was a, you know, a young lad who didn't just run away or... I was actually asking questions about the style and stuff, and you could see them sharing looks of, ooh, a young one's interested kind of thing, you know, because the average age of barbershop, certainly a, a new member of the British barbershop, certainly in the men's, the average age is probably still 50, 55, of a new member who joins. So to find someone of my age that was interested, who doesn't mind hanging around a bunch of guys that are definitely old enough to be his granddad, to be <laughs> to a certain extent, it's not, you know, it's an, it's an odd thing. But I was a music geek, and it, I'd never heard anything like it before. I'm a trombone player, really. I've done a lot of panto and uh, musical theatre as well before that time. Um, but to find something that, that unique, I think I'd always wanted to sing and be a trombone player. I got dragged into a lot of that, which was great fun. But I was the only boy that turned up to the choir at school, and I was made to sing bass because I was the only male. I'm not a bass, so to actually find a hobby that let me sing with my full range and actually stretch my range, including my bass range, ironically, but certainly my top range with the falsetto voice, it was it was such a release and such a great thing to find. And you had a great deal of success very early on, not only with Monkey Magic, the quartet that won, I think, in 2008 at Babs, but that then became transmuted into the great British barbershop boys who, who had a record deal with Sony. We did, yeah. I mean, it's still Monkey Magic, the same quartet. I mean, we joke, I think, when people hire us for a gig or a performance, it's like, have they hired Monkey Magic or they hired Barbershop Boys? Because it tells us if they know us or not. Because most Barbershop officers usually ask for Monkey Magic rather than Barbershop Boys. It kind of kind of makes, it makes us smile. But, yeah, I mean, that was such a unique experience to be there as a quartet who'd won gold back in 2008. We'd been to International that year for the youth contest. And then two years after that, we did the main contest and the collegiate, which was great fun in America. And we'd already decided that we needed to take a break from that. And then to have a guy from London come up and woo us, for lack of a better word, you know. Um, How did he find out about you? If it Google, really? I think he he, he, he he sat there. He claims, and he probably is right. To be fair, he was he was a, he was a very 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 sound guy, Mr. Simon King. Brilliant his job. The Fisherman's Friends, if you'd have heard of them from down south, of old sea shanty songs, and they they'd just become popular. He, he says he found them before, but someone else signed them first, and it was all of those things. So he he's looking. He was looking for something different. And he, and he did, oh, barbershop typed in, and we came up being, at the time, I think the youngest people that had won at the time. Because obviously he, 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 he thought, oh, barbershoppers, like most do, average age of 50, which is true, ironically, but still, you know, think of a barbershop quarter, average age of 50, straw boaters, striper waistcoats, which is Disney, not barbershop, but fine. But saw us not meeting that stereotype. All this is different. So he, he got in touch and came up to a convention, saw us on the show, took us out for a lunch and paid, that kind of thing, and just that, and brought, so he was a manager, someone he managed, he brought them as well to kind of chat with us about how things work, and he just said, I want to take you around the studios. He used to work for um, Warner, I believe, in the in the copyright department, or maybe not copyright department, he worked for Warner, I know that, so he had a lot of the contacts still when he kind of, when he started to go self-employed and, and be a manager in his own right. Um, so we, we, that's what we did. We thought, okay, let's do this. So we had to have a contract with him and get that sorted officially, just in, for whatever reasons and stuff. Especially if it, if it went well. So we went to Sony and stood in the offices and sang to someone because that's the thing. We we didn't have to tell them to come to this pub on a certain night to come and hear us. We could go to them. We you know they didn't. We didn't have to set up a PA. We didn't have to bring our instruments and make sure they were in tune. We were our instruments, so we we just sang. And then we you know we went to Island Records. We went to Decca. Um, went to Warner and sang and Sony. 
was the main thing that was offered and it was like okay let, let, let's do this really and it, it it was a fun time a fun period of time um, to be a part of Bow. The Great bow, British bow, Barbershop bow, Boys bow, Christmas Time A collection of fun and festive Christmas classics Santa Claus is coming in town Santa Claus is coming in town This year, make your Christmas a barbershop Christmas The Great British Barbershop Boys Christmas Time Out now the whole experience was just unique, really, for, for the amount of opportunities we had and the people we got to meet and sing to, was just beyond of this. It's hard to define a. It is hard to define it. When we sung at Harrods, you know, they, were, they had a private um, charity function, and Rory Bremner introduced us as Terry Wogan, weirdly, being the impressionist he is, and that. So yeah, there was there's, there was a lot of snapshot moments. I think sometimes each of us forget one of them, and we'll go, "Oh, remember this?" And you go, "Oh yeah," kind of, because it, it was such a because it was such a busy time. It did kind of merge into one big day, almost, in a way, because it was such a busy time. Is there a kind of signature memory from that time? Is there something that, 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 that will always stay with you as a result of the experience? It's quite, it's, there's not one, there's quite, there's quite a few different ones, you know, like singing in St Paul's um, for Young, Chor- Young Chorus of the Year, and Alan Jones is there, and we're chatting with him, and we did the Alan Titchmar show. That was just surreal. We did Ruth Jones' Christmas special. We sang at a church for the Nordoff Robins um, for their charity event, and you had Bill Nye sat there in the audience, and Jack Whitehall. You know these people we'd seen on TV, and you know, they're there listening to us sing. And it's like this is weird, very surreal. Um, you know, we went, we did Radio Two, we did Claudia Winkleman, we did Terry Wogan, bless him. We did Steve Wright in the afternoon. British Barbershop Boys are with us, <laughs> and they. <laughs> They are Alan and Zach, Duncan and Joe. The great British barbershop boys are four men from the north of England, actually look like boys to me, who recently signed a £1 million deal with Sony Music, the home of Beyonce and Bruce Springsteen and Leona Lewis and Alexander Burke. Together, they're the most original form of boy band, really, a barbershop quartet. So let's talk to Joe. How did you all get together then? I mean, did you know each other before? Yeah, we've been friends about four years now. We met at the National Barbershop Youth Chorus and became very good friends. About a year later, we thought, well, let's try some songs in a quartet. And we really liked the sound, so we sang some songs. And nine months later, we were crowned national champions, which was just crazy. We didn't see that coming at all. Whenever I think of barbershop quartets, I think of old guys dressed as barbers. But you guys are all in suits. You're all young. I would say you're average age is what? What do you say your average age is, Alan? Uh, 24. 24? Yep. Okay. And do you have careers as well, Zach? We do indeed, yeah. Al's a trainee teacher. I'm a sign writer. Duncan works in IT and Joe works for admin for the police. <laughs> really? And you're keeping your jobs? We are. Indeed. Just about, yeah. <laughs> but what if, what if superstardom beckons? What if uh, album sales take off, go through the roof, make you a bubble too? All planning on retiring from jobs and just doing this full time? I think everybody would love to do that, wouldn't they? <laughs> I think our fate's in the hands of the public. You like the album? You can help us out. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Steve Wright in the afternoon. We're with the great British barbershop boys. What we're going to do is going to take a break and play something from the album and then come back and they'll do something quickly for us live. That'd be all right, guys? Fantastic. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Uh, the album is called Christmas Time and here comes that track. Little Saint Nick, little Saint Nick, little Saint Nick, just a 
it does sound incredible and I remember uh, I, I just started singing Barbershop at the time and I remember emails coming from Babs, the British Association of Barbershop Singers saying this is fantastic, this is going to really put Barbershop on the map, these people are such a fabulous quartet and everyone is going to love them. Did, did, you, did you ever feel the pressure from all of that expectation? Mm, no, I don't think we were I don't remember being aware of it in a way because the the, the, the downside of of that experience was that we we weren't as available and we weren't as um, free with our time to actually hang around in the barbershop circles we know and love. We had to spend a lot of time in London, and you know we had to say to her, "I can't come to this gear, I can't do that show because we've got something already for for Sony," and they don't take no for an answer, or they didn't at times. So it, it was tense in its own. It was it was in, it was an interesting experience, but it, we, we actually lost touch with some of our barbershop friends to maybe find that out in a way I suppose I mean we some we did but it, it was great fun but we, you know it was something we it felt to me so, so it was more of a personal thing for me there were times when I didn't feel like a barbershopper anymore do you feel disappointed that you didn't become long-term household names or, or or do you think you had a bit of a lucky escape there I don't know about lucky escape but I'm definitely not disappointed I don't know, but lucky say probably not a thing because if it had done it, it might have been great. You can't, you can't, it's hard to judge anything now. But barbershops, are, it's a participation sport. So the thought of doing an album, which let's face it, was sold as barbershop, but actually had backing tracks for a lot of the songs, so not actually barbershop as well. You know, it, it does make you pause, to be fair. The thought of doing that, uh, I think I wasn't surprised at the outcome. In a way, I suppose when it didn't fly, however you say, you know, when it didn't, it didn't soar off the shelves. You know, it, it didn't surprise me. It was just like, okay, cool. It, it was what it was, and I didn't, I didn't feel disappointed. I think there was a bit of that in the quartet, a little bit of, oh, it's a shame, but it was still a fun experience, and we still got to do a lot. We were very lucky with how um, Sony, well, Arista Records, part of Sony, with how they treated us and how forgiving they were. Because I mean, we didn't give up our jobs. A lot of groups they weren't used to managing people that. You'd say, actually, no, I can't come down right now because I mean, I'm actually at work. They were used to people that they'd put up in a flat in London or in a, in a apartment in London, and it really was, you better be ready in ten minutes. We're off. We were working. We were tra- you know, traveling from from our homes and stuff. So it was a very different experience for them to manage us and to work with us. For myself, it was probably a bit of a relief of, great, I can do barbershop again. In a way, I can go along to Grand. I mean, I, that period of times when I wasn't in Grand Central and I wasn't going on each week, you know. But then I got to go each week and I got to learn more and I got to become the director I am now. Whether that would have happened if, if Barbershop had become more mainstream in that instance, goodness knows, I doubt it. But the opportunities I've had now have certainly been a process of that not being a success in a way. <laughs> in a way. But, but the quartet's still together, Monkey Magic, and you're still doing gigs on the, on, on yeah, the Barbershop. Abso- uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, we're probably, I don't know, about once a year, well, we meet every Christmas for a, for a Christmas meal as a quartet to socialise and stuff. But outside of that, usually once a year we have a reason to get together and sing. So, so we we never officially retired. Life is a priority now. I think you know for, for, for you know a decent four or five years, quartet was life or quartet was the priority, kind of thing. So all of us have enjoy, I think have enjoyed now finding other priorities. I mean, myself, I've retrained as a primary teacher. Um, you know, Joe's in a new career. Al's a teacher now. He was training while we were doing the Sony stuff. How he passed a BGC course while doing that, I'll never know. Joe's got a kid on the way. Duncan has a, has a child now. He's also in Emerald Guard, exploring other avenues in the barbershop style, which is awesome. Kind of thing, you know, it's, 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 it's fun 
going our own way and doing that but when we get together it is it is you getting together with family with your brothers we can turn from serious to silly in five seconds you know and lose half an hour to laughing and jokes you know it's like we never left it's like we never were apart for for that amount of time you know it's it, it's great Zach Bulls, and my thanks to Zach for sharing his thoughts and memories of a truly remarkable time in the history of British Barbershop. Let's finish with Zach, Alan, Joe and Duncan performing part of the quartet's magnum opus to an enthusiastic audience at the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers' Convention in 2011. The Evolution of Song is an epic medley which lasts 11 minutes. It's very funny throughout and it covers around a thousand years of music. Uh, Let's join them somewhere around the 1970s. God save the Queen From the fascist regime I see a little silhouette of a man Scaramouche, scaramouche Will you do the fandango? Walk out the door Don't turn around now Cause you're not welcome anymore At the YMCA But he's YMCA, BC Easy as one, two, three So I took a big chance at the high school dance with a missy who played to play. Wasn't me, she was fooling because she knew what she was doing when she told me how to walk this way. She told me to walk this way. Talk this way.
absolutely brilliant. The evolution of song from the great British barbershop boys. If you haven't yet seen it, then it is really worth going to YouTube to catch the whole thing. Uh, being a sad anorak, I managed to count 95 songs referenced. Uh, you might find even more. And there's one more number for you here. Uh, so far, I noticed that that medley on YouTube has notched up almost 1.4 million views. That's right, 1.4 million fantastic and that's it for now i uh, hope you've enjoyed this uh, special feature dedicated to the great british barbershop boys aka monkey magic there will assuredly be more from harmony uk podcast during the summer of 2017 watch out for us on facebook twitter and on soundcloud until we meet again from me john beasley keep the whole world singing and bye-bye for now <laughs>